everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Third Shot Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast platform, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of our new episodes. You can also interact with us on our socials at Third Shot Podcast. Um, on X, we're at Third Shot Pod. And today we have a very special guest joining us for our beginning segment. He's been on our show twice before, and he's here to give us an update on his recent pickleball adventures. Welcome back, Alex Simon. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining us again. Yeah, welcome yes. back, Alex. Thank you. Always my pleasure being here and seeing you guys again. Well, we need to uh, toast your adventures. We got to get into it, but uh, this has got to be the furthest anybody's ever gone to play football. <laughs> yes. And we got we to toast to that. So here's to you, Alex, and your travel. Thank you so much. So, Alex, tell us, you last time you were on the show, you had mentioned that there was this chance that you were going to be able to get to go to Kenya and teach pickleball. And I've been following you on, on your social media, on your Instagram, and, and you've been posting from Kenya. This is crazy. So tell us a little bit about the uh, trip. Yeah, it was uh, amazing. I just got back uh, a few days ago, so I did get to spend uh, – you know it was a short trip it was about four days in in kenya it's a long way to get there you know it's like a couple of days to get there between going from here to europe europe to africa but uh well worth it so uh while i was there i got a chance to teach some clinics to some of the uh, top pickleball players in africa which came from all over actually and uh, and we'll get a little bit more into that and then i also get to got to uh, introduce pickleball to some uh, orphan kids. So we went to, to an orphanage and there's some, there's many of these orphanages around the Nairobi area, which is the capital of Kenya where I was. And uh, got to show them what pickleball is, introduce pickleball, leave equipment so they can continue playing the game. And uh, overall it was just incredible. What an amazing country and what an amazing experience. It sounds like a wonderful trip. And I know the last time we had you on, you were saying that you wanted to start doing more of these teaching clinics and kind of going mm -hmm. abroad to share the love of the sport and teaching. What was it like to um, be amongst the children and introduce them to the sport for the first time? <laughs> well, it was great. You know, I when I got there, I didn't really know what to expect. But we went to this uh, this orphanage, orphanage. And like I said, there's so many of them. Uh, but this particular one has 109 kids and they had never seen pickleball before. And these kids are all ages, you know, they, they have, uh, babies to, uh, 16, 17 year olds. And it's basically a school and they take orphaned and, uh, abandoned kids, which is, uh, is really, really sad. Uh, but we got there, brought them some happiness and they had never played pickleball, seen pickleball, heard of pickleball. And, uh, we just set up a couple courts and, uh, you know, put them in lines, told them what the game is about, let them have fun. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's such a gratifying experience. I mean, bringing pickleball, which is, uh, there's so many advantages to the game, right? It's so easy to learn that, you know, the kids six, seven years old were playing, the teenagers were playing. And, uh, you know, you spend a couple hours teaching somebody how to play in two hours, they're playing it. So it was incredible. Um, I plan on going back and, and expanding 
Active Program, which is actually through my fund. Since we last spoke, I actually started a, a, a nonprofit, a 501c3, which is called the 002 Fund. And the All mission right. of the fund is to uh, introduce pickleball to uh, you know, less fortunate children. So inner city kids, both in the U.S. and abroad. So there's a, a lot more of that going to be happening in the future, hopefully in, in different countries in Africa and, uh, you know, plan on doing it in the United States, hopefully going to Asia. So yeah, it's turning into, into quite the project. That is so cool. I mean, at once it started by just kind of teaching a, an impromptu clinic in Hong Kong. <laughs> you're right. Right. And then you got to travel over to Macau and now you're going yeah. to Kenya. I mean, Pickleball has opened up so many doors for you, and and I could tell just by knowing you and, and talking to you that it's just kind of filled a spot in your heart or how you're helping, uh, you're helping people. Yeah, it has, and, and life, you know, works in, in, in funny ways. So when I went to Hong Kong, for those that, that haven't listened to the earlier podcast, you know, it was just a chance trip to go visit my daughter. And uh, I contacted people on Facebook, say, hey, I'm coming, to, you know, to Hong Kong. I love to play pickleball. And turns out they had never seen anybody of my level or anywhere close come through Hong Kong. So I ended up teaching clinics and just, you know, unpaid clinics. I just went there and said, hey, you guys want to learn from somebody that's had, you know, pretty good success. And it totally changed me. I said, I love doing this, you know, and, and seeing the joy and the fact that, that I understand the game and I know the game much better now than I even did when I was in Hong Kong. Uh, and I told you guys at the time, God, this is really, like you said, filled a, you know, a spot in, in my heart. And uh, I decided instead of just playing professional and, and climbing up the rankings and I wanted to do something more, more selfless and teaching has, uh, has done that for me. And I've done, you know, several other clinics here in the United States, both paid and, and unpaid, but nevertheless, uh, it's, I think it's the direction where, where I'm going with pickleball. And now it's, uh, it's, you know, it's tough, like playing professional, which you've got to practice and then working on these trips and organizing and, and cruises. So next year, you know, I'm now in talks with, with an Italian group that wants me to go there in the next couple months and teach pickleball. And every time I go somewhere to teach, one of the things that I insist on is that there is a, a, philanthropic aspect to it. So I don't want to just go and, and teach and get paid to teach, but I also want to go and do some good wherever it is that I'm at. So much easier to do in Africa than it is in, you know, first world European countries, but there's always a need somewhere that I'm, that I'm looking to fill. So yeah, pickleball has, has changed my life. And now I want to use that to change other people's lives. And yeah, I'm just loving it. That's huge. And congratulations on starting the nonprofit. I think that that's Correct. probably a lot of work to get up and running, <laughs> but it's amazing yeah. that you did that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you want to do good, but there has to be some organization to it. And it allows me to raise funds to be able to go on these trips. And, you know, as a, as a charity, you know, it's, it's a tax deductible you know, contribution that companies make, individuals make. So it makes it more attractive to people that want to participate. It is more organized. It's official. And, uh, you know, it also makes me say, okay, now I have a nonprofit. I got to do something with it. So now my life has been, has been extremely busy. You know, I have a so-called day job, uh, <laughs> which has turned into a part-time day, part-time night when I'm not focused on pickleball. Then I have my 
training, which is, you know, it's like three, four hours a day for training. Then I have my clinics that I'm organizing and my trips and going out of the country. And then I have my nonprofit. So yeah, it's been busy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, it's just fantastic. So when you were in Nairobi, how many different mm-hmm. orphanages did you get to, um, you know, get to go and visit and, and teach the game to? Yeah, so it was a very, very short trip. I mean, four days total, uh, five nights. So I, I arrived there actually on a Sunday night at 1 a.m. And at 7.30, I was already at the Nairobi Pickleball Club, which are the only courts in all of Africa, is this gentleman, uh, Joe. Wow, in he's, all he's of Africa. Yeah, There's only so one set of courts in all of Africa. Correct. So he organized, wow. he built this Nairobi Pickleball Club as a four courts. And uh, so I was already teaching there. So he has a group of, he, he brought, you know, most of the top players and, you know, young players, uh, mostly in, in their 20s from around Africa came. And I taught him three days worth of clinics. So I was teaching them. They had, again, never seen anybody of, of my caliber or close to my level uh, come around there. So you have these tournaments they play, you know, to d- decide the, the you know, best African player who actually happens to be, you know, one of the pros at the Nairobi Pickleball Club. And they want to see where they fare because they are unable to come to the United States and compete. So they get they have, you know, duper scores, but their duper scores are all based on their interplay, right? They play each other. Right. And uh, so they're like, well, now we're going to get a legit, you know, five, five (laughs) duper player. Uh, How do we compare to him? So, yeah, so I taught the clinics, you know, for for these three days. And, And by the way, there were some players that came from far away to participate in this. So one guy, he came from Rwanda. So he took a bus for 24 hours just to be there for those three days and take clinic for me. Uh, Another lady, Brenda, came from Uganda. She was on the, you know, took a 30-hour bus trip from Uganda, neighboring country, with her two-year-old daughter to uh, take the clinic from me. So that's how, you know, also eye-opening, like the lengths these people, literal lengths these people went through just to be able to take a clinic from, from, somebody coming from the United States and, and a top level player. So that was just incredible to see. So I, you know, you go there, you, you give your all, you know, you want to uh, give them all the knowledge you have for those three days, which I did. And I, and I think I made their, their games better. Uh, I did get challenged to singles matches, exhibition matches with the top players. They, they wanted to see, you know, and take me down. Uh, make no mistake about it. Uh, young guys, you know, these are 28, 29, 25 year olds uh, who can run like crazy. They're like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, trying to show that, you know, they, they got it. Uh, luckily, and I have to say this, I, I, I still came out ahead, but not by much. <laughs> and uh, But wonderful, wonderful individuals. And on the last day, you know, we drove an hour and a half outside of the city to one of the orphanages. And this, you know, I got to see one orphanage. We spent the day there. And then at night, I actually flew back to the United States that, that same day. So it was a, a, you know, a very short trip. Um, but the idea was to see, you know, what this trip was like. It was almost like a recon trip. Like, you know, how's this going to work? How's it going to work between me teaching the clinics, going to the orphanages? And now that I've been there and there's so much synergy between me, the people there that we decided we're going to do it again. Um, we're going to see more orphanages. And again, it, it, this is not dependent on me. You know, I, I was there and I saw one, 
but the group over there, Joe and, and his team, they go to more orphanages and, and you know, spread the, the pickleball love. So they don't need me to do that. I just happened to be there and I was lucky enough to be able to participate in one and, and, and help out. Uh, but yeah, the idea is going back and then going to other countries in Africa. But for that, you know, you need funds, you, you need money, you need sponsors. Uh, and by the way, I did have wonderful sponsors. My own sponsor, Thrive Pickleball, uh, participated and sponsored the trip. I took a bunch of paddles. I took balls. I took clothes. So they donated equipment that I took to the orphanage and, and, and left it with them. So shout out to Thrive um, Pickleball. And, uh, you know, now the idea is just grow it, you know, through the fund, the 002 fund just grow the project and, and bring pickleball to more and more orphanages. What an honor for you though, for these people to travel 30 hours by yeah. bus just to attend. That's, you know, truly a test of, of what you're putting out there and bringing to their country. Um, I'm curious though, mm -hmm. for the players who they do consider their top players, mm -hmm. how did they get introduced to the sport of pickleball? Did they share that yeah, with you? Yes, they did. And most of them are former tennis players. Uh, they're either former tennis players, badminton players, or ping pong players, which is basically the essence of pickleball. Right. <laughs> uh, right. It's a combination of all three. So most of them are tennis players. Uh, then the second largest were, were, you know, and I'm talking a, a group of about 20 uh, that were there every day. And uh, then badminton and then a couple ping pong players, but tennis mostly. And as you know, it, it translates, you know, pretty well to uh to to pickleball but i played this this one guy brian he's a top player in africa he wins all the tournaments so he was eager to play me and i said sure i'll play you a, a singles match and then they on, on on the last clinic day they say okay so at 5 p.m tonight there'll be a big exhibition match you know uh, alex oh. versus brian i'm like i thought it was like a casual you know <laughs> two out of three. uh they had a referee Wow. You know, and all the play stops on all the courts and everybody comes and, and visitors are like, you know, Brian is going to take on the you know, this top you know, of the world. <laughs> I'm like, top of the world senior, guys. Let's let's you know, <laughs> make this clear. Uh, yeah. So it was this big exhibition, which was a little nerve wracking. And uh, yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, he's a wonderful player. But yes, it's. Uh, you know, it's it's different because over there, like I said, they play each other, and this guy is like a, he probably has a four zero rating, but he plays more like a five point two point three player, wow. um, which you know I was like, oh, he's only a four zero player, but when I played him, I mean, these guys are good, you know, they're good, and they, you know, they want to come to the United States and and play, but you know, sometimes you forget how lucky we are, you know, like the opportunities we have to us because Brian, he's a good player. Like I said, he's, he's a good player. He could easily be a, you know, a, a five, five player in no time. Uh, maybe even a six O player. If he had the resources and, and the people to practice with, which they don't, they have maybe, right. you know, two, three players who play at a five O level over there. Uh, but he was going to come to the United States sponsored by the Nairobi pickleball club. He went to the U.S. Embassy to get a visa, you know, to come spend some time here and, and was immediately denied uh, a, a visa to come over here. Yeah, like <laughs> he said, he just looked at him and said, no, 
<laughs> oh did they give uh, a reason why? I, that doesn't no, seem they, and, and they, they don't have to. They just uh, they, they just they, say no. Know, they don't have to give. Yeah, they just say no. There's no explanation. So when you go get a visa to come to the United States from other countries, and especially uh, you know African countries, which are you know very poor countries, and people want to get visas, and they're afraid they're going to come and and never leave, right, and become uh, mm. illegal aliens. So they're very careful. But Brian, you know, he's a co-founder of the Narrow Football Club. He has a job. He makes a salary. Uh, he's not just somebody trying to to make his way illegally to the United States, but they, he says, right off the spot, denied him uh, uh, a visa. So, you know, he's a good player, practices every day, but can't come measure himself and play against, you know, U.S. competition to see where he really stacks because he's beaten everybody in Africa, which is a, an enormous continent. So, yeah. you know, comes back and the people, like you said, you know, coming to see me, taking 30 hours by bus with a two-year-old. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, that's a commitment. The, 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 that's, that's a commitment. The moral of the story, uh, Brian and Bridget, I think, is people want pickleball. People want to learn pickleball. People want to get better at pickleball. People want to introduce pickleball to, to, to their friends, you know, around their countries. So Brenda is the best player in, in Uganda. So she took a 30-hour bus ride. Um, Mugisha is the best player in, in Rwanda. So he's introducing pickleball. So he took 24-hour bus just to learn from me so he can then bring this knowledge back to Rwanda and grow the game. So the, the game is growing. People want pickleball. It's just how do we, you know, facilitate that, uh, that access of pickleball to the world, which is slowly and as, as a one-person show uh, I'm trying to do. Well, that's amazing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, the pickleball community is blessed to have people like you and that want to spread the word and want to spread the joy of the game to different parts of the, of the world. It's not just an American sport. It's going all over the place. Uh, you know, Bridgie and I just got done doing an interview with a uh, podcast in England about pickleball. And they were saying how there's no facilities. Like they have to drive two and a half hours, I think that's what they were saying, to get to an indoor facility. And um, mm -hmm. so it's it's not just in uh, Africa, it's in, you know, England and UK and Europe, right? There's so many places around the world that's just dying to play more pickleball. And uh, that's why I know the sport's in, in good shape because it's going to continue growing. There's so much expansion opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, when I was in Hong Kong, they don't have a single pickleball court. You know, and asking how many players play, they go, "We have about fifteen hundred players in in Hong Kong that play. Not one court, and it's, it's a court. first world country. You know, it's, it's yeah. it, 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 the demand is there. Now we need to get with sponsors, paddle companies, equipment companies, podcasts. Uh, we need to find ways, uh, you know, to bring pickleball, and not just as as a, you know, nonprofit mission, which I think we should do, especially in, in the poor countries." But there's opportunity. There's opportunity for, for course, opportunity for, you know, facilities. Uh, people can make money and do good because the sport is growing so much. And, uh, you know, it's, it's our, our job to, uh, to help, help the, you know, the sport grow. And you guys are certainly doing your part by having people like me on, on the show and uh, helping spread the, the pickleball love uh, far and wide. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your story and also for the work that you're doing, because 
like Uncle mentioned, now is the time to get it out there and to to mm -hmm. spread what we can, knowledge, facilities, equipment, whatever it may be, wherever we can help. That's what we want to do. Wonderful. And thank you guys again for giving me the platform to share what I'm doing and for all the work that you do and and uh, helping pickleball grow. Absolutely. And we'll have you back once uh, you have some more plans and, and do other trips. We definitely want to get that word out there. So this is just number three of many visits to Third Shot Podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us, Alec. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And when we come back, we are going to have uh, Jake Chocote of Spiked Hot Muscle Cream joining us to talk a little bit about how he's keeping us on the courts and keeping our muscles uh, relaxed and, and soothed. So uh, stay tuned and come on back with Jake Chocote. Thanks for hanging out with us during the break. Welcome back to Third Shot. And again, we totally appreciate all the support that you've been giving us on social media and on YouTube. Please continue. Uh, we love the feedback. Third Shot Podcast, you can find us on all the social media, except for X. There you're going to have to find us at Third Shot Pod. And uh, give us those five stars whenever you can, because it really helps us get great guests like the one we have coming up. Jake Chocote, the founder of Spike Hot Muscle Cream, is joining us today. How are you doing, Jake? Man, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Before we get started, we're going to do a little toast to spiked hot muscle cream. That's right. Keeping my muscles feeling good. Thank you. Yeah, keeping Cheers us on the courts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Cheers. Cheers. So, Jake, we have had the pleasure of speaking with paddle companies, apparel companies, but you are our first hot cream company. How did you get into this industry? Uh, great question. Um, it's something that I really got a passion for uh, because of my personal experience with pain, uh, with soreness. Um, I was in a pretty severe car accident in, um, in 2017, and I ended up breaking my femur, my fibula, tear my ACL for the fourth time and also breaking my left hand uh, or my left wrist. And I just had this moment of, of clarity, like even in the middle of the car accident where it's like surreal, like a, a, a bomb goes off and um, it's everything's in slow motion. But I just remember thinking right whenever it happened, I was like, this is such a great thing. And, you know, I, had, I, I was in the, I was in the back seat. I was a passenger in the vehicle. And um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why, but I just had this overwhelming piece about what was about to happen. And I just knew that it was going to be a great thing, even though, you know, I was broken and, and banged up and all that. Um, so coming out of my recovery, I knew that um, I needed to do something and I was not interested in getting on painkillers. Um, I've, I've lost people uh, because of those and I didn't want to be on opioids. Um, so I, I decided to, to kind of forge my own route of, of recovery and kind of eliminating pain. Um, so I, I decided to, to do what I knew and that was, um, I had a CBD company at the time. And so, um, together with a with a, a pharmacist we formulated this this 
product, this hot muscle cream um, that we have now. And um, I was just at first using it myself. The, the day that we finished the formulation or the original formulation was the day that I got my cast off of my left arm. So um, I put it on there and I was super timid to get my cast off. Like my arm still feels weak. And uh, I, I was like, man, this is, this is amazing. Like I, I can move it without, you know, being hesitant. It, it feels really solid. Uh, so I just kept using it and uh, I had, I had knee surgery and in my recovery, I kept using it and it was just blown away. So uh, for a long time, you know, I just use it for myself. And every once in a while, my, my wife, she works in surgery. So she would, she would take it and use it at, um, at her job. Uh, she's hunched over, you know, working on the patient, sewing and cutting and all that good stuff. Um, so she, she used to use aspartame and some of those things, but she was like, man, I can only use this twice a day because of all the stuff that's, that's in it. And she, same with biofreeze mm-hmm. and some of these other kind of competitors or that are out there. Um, but with, with this product, she was like, I only have to use it like once in the morning. And then maybe later on, whereas with the other ones, she was needing to put it on every single hour. Um, so, you know, she has the opportunity to use this more than, you know, as much as she wants, uh, because there's, there's no chemicals or carcinogens or anything like that in the product. It's, it's all natural. Uh, it's like 91% organic. So you can put it on as much as you want, but she found that she didn't even need to use it as much as um, she was having to use the other ones. So it, it kind of grew from me using it personally to my friends and family. And then I was like, you know what, the world, you know, they, other people need this. They, they, yeah. they gotta have this. Uh, if it can do for them what it's done for me and my friends and, and the people that I know love and care about, then it, it, it can work for other people. So um, it's just kind of slowly taken um, its, its, you know, its own life. And um, I, I have people all the time that come up to me or, or I get phone calls and say, hey, you're not gonna believe what, what, what this has done for me. <laughs> um, I, I had a, a, a lady the other day, she was like, I had literally been to the doctor for my tennis elbow and they told me, I've given you the strongest doses of everything that I can give you for this. And there's nothing else I can do. And she said that she was putting it all, all on and she, she was having no relief. And, uh, after the first day of using spike top muscle cream, um, she was a hundred percent pain free. She didn't, she no longer needed the other medications. And that was, that was after the first application. So it's stories like that, uh, that just blow me away constantly. And that's why I, I love pickleball. I'm super active. Yeah. Um, I know that people who are active like me want to stay active and getting older kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta tell me about it, Jake. Tell me about it. <laughs> you, you went into so many different things that I want to touch on at the, the first one I really want to understand is, okay. So you had a CBD company prior. Yeah, I did. And like, first I want to understand how does CBD work? as far as helping with pain and what kind of products did you have before that kind of lent itself to you testing out and creating spike? Yeah. So CBD works in one of two ways. There's um, your, your body has this natural system called the endocannabinoid system. That means your internal cannabinoid system. Cannabinoids are the molecules 
that um, hemp has in it or cannabis. It's the same thing. Um, so you, you have receptor sites that the system operates on. And whenever these cannabinoids, CBD or the other ones, um, attach to those receptors, then it actually signals to the cells in your body. Uh, depending on what the cannabinoid is and how it binds to that receptor, it's going to send out a different signal. So CBD specifically, um, it attaches to, whenever you put it on uh, your, your skin topically, um, if, it's, if it's able to get down to the CB receptors, because they're, they're very deep in your dermis, um, if, if it binds to there, then it, it modulates your pain receptors. So it actually tells your cells to lower the inflammation. It tells your cells to, um, to, to stop the, the, the pain, um, the pain senses. So it doesn't numb it at all, but it just kind of helps it go away where you can, where you can operate naturally. Now there's other ways to ingest it and there's other receptors, the CB2 receptor sites. Um, but that goes through, um, kind of your first pass metabolism in, in other, other ways. So there are other ways to ingest CBD and that those can be a good thing. Um, but topically, I, I really like it because it doesn't cross the blood brain barrier and there's no risk of, of any kind of drug test failure or anything like that. I, I got a follow up question that sorry, Bridgie, I know you have a question as well, but my, my follow up question is, I think because it's a cream and topically you can apply it directly to the area of the body that's being affected. Whereas if you ingest it, how does the CBD, you know, how does the chemicals know to get to the areas to kind of, uh, you know, affect the areas that are in pain? Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, with this, you, you put it where it hurts and you don't have to worry about it. With um, an ingestible type of type of method, then you're going to need your body to titrate, which means kind of like catch up, get your cells to, to um, absorb enough so that then they can expend the CBD power as they need to. Uh, and that can take up to 30 days. Wow. So with, with this, there's no need to, to wait it the active feeling that, that you'll get is, is almost instant. I have people all the time tell me that it's like, they're like, no way did that just work that fast. But like the second that it, it, it puts on, not for everybody, but for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll heat up, it'll warm up, it'll open up your pores and uh, get that CBD right where you need it on your receptor sites. So <clears throat> I was super excited to test out this product too, because I had used um, a CBD essential oil because I get really bad sinus congestion and you're supposed to like roll it onto your face here. And it was amazing for me. And I would tell people that, you know, how great of a product it was. And so to find out that there's actually now a pain cream that uses CBD in it, I was all for it. Um, you had mentioned before Asper cream and Biofreeze, and I had used like Icy Hot and Tiger's Balm in the past. How does spiked hot cream differ from those traditional types of muscle creams? Uh, really in two main ways, I would say, probably a, a, a several other ways too. But um, the, the main ways that, that they differ is Spike top muscle cream is all natural. There's nothing in it that you can use too much of. There's nothing in it that's going to damage your, your, your liver or your other internal organs, your skin, if you use it too much, uh, because it's almost all based on essential oils. Um, the only thing not natural in it is glycerin, which is, um, 
which is, uh, or I'm sorry, not organic, is glycerin. That's like your lotion base. It's what's in you know, every hand lotion on the market. Uh, that's what gives it that creamy texture, helps kind of moisturize and all that stuff. But um, so you can apply this as many times as you need uh, throughout the day. I know that whenever I'm playing four or five hours of pickleball, like I put it on before, I put it on after. And then like, I, I don't know, in the middle of the night, as much as I want. But with those other uh, over-the-counter or off-the-shelf kind of uh, products, the BioFreeze, Icy Hots, they have warnings and disclosures on them that, that you can use too much of that because they're, they're, they've got some carcinogens, they've got some chemicals. Uh, so that's that's number one. And then number two is this is a transdermal formulation. So BioFreeze and those types of products, like they have a very surface level um, benefit where it, it feels nice and warm or nice and um, cool on the surface, but it doesn't really penetrate those deep, deep tissue aches. And it, they don't have um, like true I guess aspirin cream has uh, has a, a pain reliever in it, you know, same like a like a Tylenol sort of thing. Um, but the other ones, they're just real topical surface level. Our uh, formulation is transdermal, which means that it opens up your pores and it helps your body absorb um, all the beneficial uh, natural products that are in there. And the, the main reason that we wanted it to be transdermal, because there's tons of CBD products on the market, you know, just like your, your pore stuff, your face stuff, you can absorb most CBD products very slowly, um, but it's, it's not very efficient. But with a transdermal blend, that means it's actively opening the pores and it's actively helping your uh, or that product get into all 12 layers of your skin. So it opens up those pores and it gets that CBD molecule. Think of it kind of like a, like a chain link fence. Uh, if, the, if the ball is too thick or, or too, uh, too big, then it's not going to go through the chain links. So this actually expands those chain links, lets that ball go through, and then that goes all the way down to those receptor sites. So you can actually get the CBD to bind to the CB receptors where that's, that's where the magic happens and, and the pain modulation actually starts. Listening to you explain that, Jake, there's so much science that goes into your product. And, you know, I don't know what your background is. Obviously, you had a CBD company prior, but like how much research went into creating what's on the market right now with Spike that allowed you to understand, you know, the how this works and, and why it's so effective? Like what who did you partner with? How did that whole process go? Yeah, so um I couldn't tell you the hours of research <laughs> <laughs> with natural products. Um, I so growing up, my um, my um, mother was in the um, pharmaceutical world, so I was always very familiar with um, the way some of those products worked. Uh, very interested in those, but um, through CBD and trying to find my own natural remedies for pretty much everything in life, um, I I researched. Um, a ton on CBD to understand how it worked because, you know, the, the medical marijuana aspect and all that stuff, that's not, that's not really for me. That's not really what I'm, what I'm about. Uh, so I was, I wanted to understand how can I, how can I access the benefits of what I'm hearing about CBD without some of the negatives that I, that I want to stay away from. Uh, so 
I got certified um, in the endocannabinoid system. I met with some of the top researchers, the top doctors um, in the country on uh, this particular topic. It's not a, it's not a super widespread, or, or at least back then, it wasn't a super readily available uh, widespread. So I had to do a ton of research on my own and find people, partner with people. Um, so just understanding the, the ECS, the endocannabinoid system um, in general, understanding how it works and how we can best leverage what we know about it to get us the, the most optimal result. So um, then I took that knowledge and I partnered with uh, compounding ph pharmacists. And that's how we were able to, to create this natural product that, um, that, can, that really makes a difference. It, it, it works better than anything I've ever tried. And that's, that's why I, I'm so passionate about it because I think that people really have to have this stuff it, on their shelves. Like you, you got to try it. If you're, if you're suffering, like just, just give it a shot. You really, you don't have anything to lose. Exactly. Yes. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about marketing because we have seen spiked on our social media with a number of different players and um, on some of our friends, social media as well, but all of them are pickleball players are you targeting the pickleball market because of your um, your interest in the sport, or are there other um, marketing strategies in play there? Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a huge advocate of pickleball. Uh, I play two or three times a week. Um, I follow all the big um, tournaments and and tours. Um, I just am, am a huge fan. It's a lot of fun. Um, I love getting to know the people. I think that's that's one of the best things. I, here's my bold prediction. I know you didn't ask for it, <laughs> but uh, my bold prediction is that I think that pickleball can have such an impact on the country that it can be one of the unifying factors. Whenever I go and play pickleball, um, I, I hang out with 80 year olds. I hang out with 20 year olds. Uh, it doesn't matter if you got blue hair, or if you're black, white, whatever, everybody's just there to have fun. They're so welcoming and you get uh, to another level in your relationship with people that you, you wouldn't normally have. Um, and to me, that's really important. So one of my goals with this whole thing is to keep people out there on the court as much as possible. I want people to stay plugged in to their communities. I want people to be active and getting their lifestyle better and healthier. And, you know, it's my thought that if you can stay where you feel like moving a lot in that place, then you're going to be out there and be hanging out with people, be socializing, be active, be moving, getting healthier. And I think that there's going to be a lot of benefits that trickle down from that, um, that I would like to see in our country. Well, thank you for doing that because you have helped me in my pickleball life. So I deal with carpal tunnel syndrome. And, um, you know, when we first started talking, and this was, you know, a couple of months ago, I believe, you, you were generous enough to send me a, a bottle and I, I tried it out on my carpal tunnel. And just so you know, my carpal tunnel kind of affects me when I'm playing pickleball because it kind of affects my elbow as well, right? I, I wouldn't say I'd have pickleball elbow, but I don't know. I, it hurts my elbow when I'm playing. I think it's a result from the carpet tunnel. It just kind of runs up the arm. You sent me the uh, the cream. And again, I put it on my wrist. I put it on my elbow. 
and I can play without it bothering me on the court. And that is something I couldn't say before you sent me the cream. Now, full disclosure, I am coupling it with the brace that we have uh, that I used that we got from ProBand that also gives me support with the elbow. And between the two things, but I, in fact, I got your cream before I got the brace. So anyway, <laughs> I did the cream alone. Then I did the cream with the brace. And now I can play for hours with Bridgie and you know, I just enjoy the game without having to worry about, oh, is it going to hurt? Is it going to hurt? Oh, how's right. it going to feel? How's it going to feel later? You know, so thank you. It really made a difference for me. Man. Yeah, and I'll add on to that too. It definitely takes the edge off because I do also have, I would probably call it pickleball elbow, um, where the pain is so intense and so sharp that it makes you not be able to even like hold the racket. And I know uncle had had a similar instance too with just picking up a coffee mug and this cream definitely takes that edge off. So it allows you to keep playing and doing the things that you love to do. And on top of it, the smell of it is not as intense as like the icy hot that I was used to using. And so I, I enjoy that. It doesn't like make my nostrils burn when I put it on. That's probably something we need to touch on more. I am, I do not want to smell like an old person. So I would, <laughs> I stay away from those, those things that, that, that have that. You guys know what the scent that I'm yeah. talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, it's so so this, this one's awesome. I, it's like a cinnamony, uh, peppermint, kind of mint, of a menthol smell. But um, yeah, it's like, it's so refreshing and it's like energizing in a way to me. Yes, yeah, it is. And hey, then Bridgie, Bridgie mentioned before that she used like a Tiger Bomb. And I used the red Tiger Bomb before, but it stains your clothes. Mm-hmm. And yours doesn't stain. So another big plus to using the cream. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when when we're out there helping people and and um, letting people try the product, like of course we get it on our hands, on on our clothes, uh, and stuff like that, and just wipe it straight on my my jeans, my pants, my shirt, whatever. Never gonna stain anything like that. Uh, Greg, I wanted to touch on something that you brought up earlier that you you actually use something um, at, like on top of using the cream. Yes. Uh, we've got our heat locking compression sleeves. The reason that we have those is because when you put the product on and you let it absorb into your body, then you cover it up. It amplifies that heat effect and then compressing and using a brace, using a compression sleeve, compressing will help kind of add um, other other synergistic benefits like increasing your blood flow, which is going to increase absorption. It's going to naturally reduce uh, inflammation because of that compression, it's going to prevent injury. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the whole reason that we have those compression sleeves is because together those two really work synergistically to, to amplify all the effects and, and to really give you the best experience. So I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you're using something on top of it and, and getting an even better result. Well, it's such a great product, and I'm sure that our listeners, after hearing all of the awesome science behind it and our testimony to how great it is, they're going to want to order some themselves. So where can they find or where can they order Spiked Hot Cream? Go to spiked-sports.com, and you'll find it right there on the webpage. Perfect. We'll put a link in our website for it. 
and the last thing I want to say about it is, you know, you said how confident you are. You said, hey, why not try it? Give it a shot. You put your money where your mouth is because you're offering a full 100% guarantee also, right? Right. If you don't like it for any reason, just send it back or, or just just let us let us know. I I don't want to take your money and, and to have something uh, not work for you. That's That's not why I'm here. I'm here because I want you guys active and back out there. So if you try it and, and you don't like it, then that's that's completely okay. No no hard feelings. We tried. At least you tried something. So uh, I just want to see you guys back out there and uh, playing as much as you can. Well, thank you so much for doing that. And it, it is a great product. Bridgie and I can attest to how it's helped us keep us on the courts. And to be honest with you, I, I use it for my carpet tunnel when I'm not even on the court, you know, when I'm just working. So, uh, you know, I don't think you have to be a pickleball player to get the benefits of, <laughs> of Spike. So thank you very much for joining us. And thanks for creating such a great product. Man, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been a blast. I hope to do it again soon. Yeah, yeah. The, the Knicks iteration, please let us uh, let us know when, when you're ready to go double spiked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Triple spiked. I don't know. Whatever the next level is, uh, it's already great. But uh, yeah, let us know. We'd love to have you back. Okay, sounds great. Thanks, guys. Thank and you. For all our, yeah, and and for all our listeners, thank you for joining us. Bridgie and I will continue to have and share our pickleball journey, like we're doing with Spike Hot Pain Cream. Um, check them out on Instagram as well. Spike Hot Pain Cream is the handle on Instagram. Uh, Jake had mentioned the website, which is spiked-sports.com. There you can purchase the product and uh, see the 100% money-back guarantee. So you're in good hands when you try Spiked. Please support this show by subscribing. And we promise to have more amazing guests just like Jake in future episodes. So let's continue to share our enjoyment for the game and grow this pickleball community. See you next time on Third Shot Podcast. <laughs>